Scanners in our first new episode of 2022. I'm Phil, and with me always is the essence of overconfidence. He is speculation, adventure, the spirit of pursuit, the stag howling for its winsome yet anonymous mate. He is the call of evolution, the perfume and color of the flowers as they offer their pollen to the gentle fuzz of the bees. He is sex itself, gentlemen. He is life. He is appetite. He is Darren. That is right. This is all I ask from you. Boom. Phil. Happy New Year, buddy. Phil. I love you, man. I love. Look at you down in that bear after that, too. He's just tossing it back. Welcome to year 10. Season Woo. 10 of the Span- Panel Scanners podcast. We will hit our 10th anniversary in about six, seven months here. And it's, uh, I'm ready to go, man. Especially, I mean, hey, I am sex itself, and sex itself is always ready. Bang. Bang. Uh, thanks for saying bang after that. That didn't throw me off my game at all. All right. Also with me is Mr. Dancing Happy Gary. How are you doing, Gary? <laughs> There's a bluebird on my shoulder. The truth. Definitely it's actual. Say, but. Everything is satisfactual. You know, actually, I think after that first intro, Phil, I think we just log off for the day. I think we're done. I know. I don't I, think you get any better than that. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to introduce him last, but he had, I mean, 10 years. Darren and I have been doing this for 10 years. That's so right. it made sense that the two of us would be up top. But it is so great to have Gary here with us. Also, the wonderful, wonderful, daring Matt. How are you doing, Matt? That's <laughs> two wonderfuls and one daring. Uh, I'm doing really well. Actually, I thought I was going to bring the energy tonight with my optimism because 2022 is just feeling ripe for the pick, and I'm enjoying this idea of 2022. Uh, but, man, I can't. I don't think I'm going to be able to match Gary or Darren's energy, but I will try my hardest tonight, gentlemen. Well, we only made it six days into 21 last year before everything went to hell, so we're so far so good. <laughs> I think we're just floating on the same hell from the previous year, so we're just kind of used to it at this point. Well, that's a real good point. Yeah. Pretty sad that we're just used to it, and we're just like, meh. It's just going to keep getting worse, right? Why not? <laughs> and joining us from the West Coast is the marvelous Mark. How are you doing, Mark? I, I persist. I focus. <laughs> That's about the best I got after all that you guys threw at me. <laughs> I, uh, I persist. <laughs> all right. Well, no I'm, so, lyrics, nothing. I'm sorry, Gary. No, okay. All right. no, 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 we're good. Okay. Dang it, I forgot to ask Mark a question before the podcast. It's, com- Ooh, it's a complete... Is it, no- it apropos to the moment? It's oh, complete- now we're going to do it Not at all. <laughs> no, it's a complete non-sequitur. All right, let's do it. All right, Mark, I got a question. It's an Aerosmith question. Okay. Steven Tyler's voice after the, uh, after the first album, which, did he go through puberty, A, was it a performance choice, B, or was it the mountains and mountains of crack and cocaine he was doing for the reason it was changing? Uh, the answer is none of the above. D, the true answer is he observed a chipmunk hitting the third rail and decided it was a great sound. <laughs> it, I've it, seen it, that picture, I think. Because in the first album, it sounds like his balls haven't even dropped yet. And then, I don't know, I was listening to uh, Dream On. I was listening to that. I was listening to Aerosmith, the, the debut album, and then in Toys in the Attic. It just sort of happened to play, and I'm like, so when did that happen? Because it's a really big change. It is. Do you think anyone will notice? <laughs> oh, it's pretty noticeable. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's a, that's a good 40-year reference for us. Anyway, sorry about that. I meant to ask yeah, you that before like, you jumped seemed, on. 
It seemed good and timely. Uh, well, I guess, speaking of timely, something's happened while we were away. How about you kick us off, Darren? Yes, and while we were away, sad news from the world of comics. Uh, George Perez, titan of comic artists, announced back in December of 21 that his time on this earth is short due to pancreatic cancer. Phil, can you turn your mic off for me? Um Comic aficionados are no stranger to the name George Perez as his credits are legendary and innumerable with, within the confines of a single podcast, let alone one small tribute. Perez is widely known for his work at DC during the Crisis on Infinite Earths era as collaborations with Marv Wolfman. As I have claimed here on the panel scanners, Wolfman and Perez's work on the new Teen Titans is my all-time favorite monthly. Though Perez did have a significant run at Marvel, working on the Avengers, the Incredible Hulk, Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer. Now, we have, of course, spoken of Mr. Perez countless times in this podcast. Most notably, back in June of 2017, Phil, Tim, and I produced a list of our all-time favorite artists. George Perez was and is my number one. If I had to gauge it, George Perez was, influ- as, was as influential on my childhood as Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Gene Roddenberry... I never did get the chance to meet him as he was beginning to experience some health issues just about the time we started seeing a revival of the convention scene here in Cleveland. We can only wish him well. Know that he is loved on this podcast and will most certainly be a fixture in many of our conversations for years to come. I am not at all sad in saying that I uh, I had to deliver that story with a a little bit of a frog in my throat. Um, This guy I love, all right? And uh, I... All we can do is wish him well, and Godspeed, sir. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Matt? Yeah, there's no easy way to segue into this one, but I'm going to bring a little bit more comic book news here for us, guys. So um, it's been announced that, uh, and this is back a little bit before, um, but we're going to go ahead and say it, uh, Dark Horse Comics is going to be picking Star Wars back up. Uh, beginning in the spring of 2022, so just around the quarter from here, hopefully. Uh, experience adventures in every era from the High Republic through the rise of the First Order with the new and exciting stories produced in collaboration with Lucasfilm and Disney Worldwide Publishing. This is pulled from StarWars.com. Says uh, Mike Richardson, who is the Dark Horse comic founder and CEO, the idea is to build up Star Wars program that includes an ongoing series as well as an anthology. Mixed in would be one-shots and specials, and we'll see where we go from there. Initially, we will focus on stories featuring the High Republic. Darren. Give me a sec. Uh, All right. Yeah. Okay. I got lost for a second. Um, I I wasn't kidding when I got a little misty-eyed. The the George Perez thing is kind of near and dear to my heart. But a little bit more comic book news. Um... Werewolf by Night will be getting a Halloween special. Uh, it's a bit of Marvel news coming from me, but it is 70s Marvel, which is directly in my bailiwick, Werewolf by Night. Making sure to differentiate from all those werewolves by day, we'll be receiving a Halloween special. Uh, Gail Garcia Bernal will occupy the lead role as the werewolf, though I could not find confirmation if he will be Jack Russell, the character from the original run of comics. It is presumed that the special will hit Disney Plus later this year. Roughly, we'd assume Halloween. I don't know. That's just a wild guess. Um, for more on Werewolf by Night, check out my retroactive review from our Halloween special 2020, during which, for reasons known only to him, Phil believes Roy Thomas created Spider-Man. 
All kidding aside, I cannot wait to see Marvel's version of a werewolf transformation. I hope that this is a tremendous success because I want, I need a Tomb of Dracula series. Phil. I take umbrage in you feeling that I had misinformation about Spider-Man. That's all. That's all. Could have picked anybody else with Spider-Man. Doesn't matter. Go back and listen to my retroactive review and you tell me. <laughs> right, right, right. Pretty sure. Hey, hey, Phil, before you move on, what Marvel superhero that has an upcoming movie debuted in Werewolf by Night? Thank you, Gary. Blade. Oh, I think I think that I think that needs to be oh, our full. No, he no, didn't just That's say like the seventh or eighth time. Oh, Phil, I love you, man. You are sex itself too. I try. <laughs> All right. Speaking There's of the running joke for those of you who have followed the podcast. Well, unfortunately, Gary, you weren't here for the previous recording where the other one was still not answered correctly. See, but the reason I answered it correctly was because Gary... You didn't answer correctly, Phil. Phil. You don't believe you answered correctly, right? You didn't. You incorrectly answered the question. Anyhow. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Talking about some uh, more Marvel-y stuff that is uh, kind of interesting. Now that the Marvel TV shows have become better, it seems that they're trying to phase out the idea that uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was even canon. If you paid very close attention to the wrapping of Hawkeye, there was a piece there to make it um, known that one of the main characters from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, is played by someone else in the MCU. So kind of an interesting play here, uh, assuming that it is not canon However, Gary, you have some interesting news to follow that up. Yeah, some uh, contradictory news, actually. The uh, the OG of the new generation of Marvel TV uh, could be coming back. Um, in a recent interview, uh, Ming-Na Wen, who portrayed uh, Melinda May uh, for seven years in the series, uh, responded to the potentiality of the series returning with a fingers crossed. Um, with Marvel's all-in approach to the multiverse, there could be a chance to revive Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, the idea of the show returning could be directly linked to all the other MCU characters now transitioning into bigger film roles or appearing on multiple shows. And the biggest reason, as Phil stated, why the show is set to return occurred at the end of the new Hawkeye series with the reveal about Clint Barton's wife, uh, which ties back to the original series. I suppose only time will tell. Um... Something, however, that doesn't seem to have any time left, Phil. Yeah, so, Mark, I gotta ask you, because I feel like you were the only one on this uh, this boat with me. Did you get a chance to watch any of the Cowboy Bebop live action? Uh, my wife and I started watching the first episode two nights ago. Netflix started screwing up and wouldn't play it. We got about 20 minutes in, and we decided to watch something else because I just wasn't sold yet. Okay. So uh, I have watched the first three or four episodes. Uh, I, I've met I've met Ayn in the show. Um, for those that are not aware, that is the corgi who uh, is super intelligent. Um, the if you watched it as an art piece and not thinking that it is directly Cowboy Bebop, it's not bad. 
However, it's not Cowboy Bebop, and they were trying to replay Cowboy Bebop as hard as possible, which I'm sure you got that feel for it, right? That was the feeling I got that, yeah, it was trying a little too hard, maybe. Because they revisited stories, which is what I thought they were not going to do. Um, and they, they are just revisiting the stories. Like, it's almost like a greatest hits live action. Yeah. I, I, I was afraid of that. Which is most likely why it was canceled after one season. Yes, Darren, I see your hand in the back there. So when you say I should watch this as an art piece, so I should go into this like when I watch Jeffrey Wright as John michael Basquiat, I should watch Cowboy Bebop in the same way? No, I mean it more along the lines of it's like really cool camera angles and the music and the way that it plays out. It's, it, the music is fantastic, but they took the music from the original. So not yeah, Ed Harris or Jackson Pollock. Just, okay, I'm with you. Right. No, it, it's very artistically done. I'll give it that. I mean, it's got style. It's very cool to look at. Um, but I, I don't know. It's definitely lacking something. Um, I'm enjoying I'm probably going to finish watching the first season. Just for the sake of, I'm kind of curious where it goes. I don't mind the actors. Um, I do feel like the person playing Faye doesn't quite fit the feel of Faye from the the show. But uh, the other people do. Uh, so Jet far, spot on. Jet, Jet is spot on. I can't um, believe that the Bushmaster from Luke Cage. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and, and Spike actually isn't bad. Um, yeah. He's doing, he does a good job with them. And the, the pacing is fine, and it's a fine show, but it's canceled, so none of this matters. They are shopping around to get it renewed. Yeah, um, I, I had read somewhere that there was a petition that had already received whatever number of signatures they were trying to get to put a season two. Maybe another network picks it up or something. Right, maybe. I don't know. Who? And the way Lucifer was rescued off of the scrap yeah. heap and then went out it, for six it, seasons. I mean, many shows. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, lots of shows that, like... drama. Right. Yeah, exactly. Family Guy. So, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, Darren. Did I say Jeffrey Wright or Stephen Wright? As <laughs> John Michael Pasquiat. Because one of those is a movie I've seen, and one of those is a movie I kind of really want to see. A very different interpretation of that man's life if Stephen Wright was up there giving his deadpan jokes. I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of widths. <laughs> This canvas is too wide. Oh my goodness! Uh, so <laughs> this is this is just another show that was cursed. The early cancellation of Netflix. Uh, lots of these shows are getting canceled way too quickly, in my opinion. Um, I'll actually revisit one and uh, later later this month when I circle back to a retro. But until then, let's talk about some other TV TV adaptations, Gary. Yeah, we got uh, well. A lot of shows are getting canceled, and and here we have actually a uh, preemptive. Uh, signing um one of my favorite pro- properties uh battle chasers is uh i guess been signed on to do a tv series um the director of john wick Derek kolstad is in the works um at elcon entertainment i'm sorry with elcon entertainment television group um kolstad will write and executive produce uh i said kolstad penned john wick and john wick 2 uh, his recent projects also include uh, the Bob Odenkirk vehicle Nobody, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney Plus. Uh, currently adapting Splinter Cell for Netflix, as well as uh, Helsing manga for Amazon. So um, let's see. And let's see. Uh, You're saying he's busy? <laughs> yeah, uh, Elcon is responsible for the Expanse live action, which I know Matt's been a fan of. So it seems like they've got a lot of, uh, I don't know, from what I've seen of those shows, I'm kind of really 
I'm looking forward to the casting notice, put it that way. And even if, uh, let's say, Red Monica is not comic book accurate. Dental plan. <laughs> Dental plan. Thank you. I was waiting for someone to bring that up. Um, I, I am just dying to see what Calabretto looks like. Just the big metal goal. Oh, mm. Ooh, goosebumps. Look at that. Yes. Um, part nice. of this has to do with the, the upcoming three-issue wrap-up to the current you know cliffhanger storyline of the comic. So, like I said, it was sort of a preemptive move. They went to Joe and said, we want to do this. So it wasn't like he was shopping it around. Um, but I guess there's a couple other series in the work out there, aren't there, Mark? Uh, yeah, for one, uh, we've got news that Bruce Timm's upcoming animated series, Batman, Cape Crusader, has hired Ed Brubaker as head writer. Uh, Brubaker started with... Uh, Dark Horse Presents back in the day and moved into superhero comics with Marvel, DC, Image, and has won seven Eisner Awards for his work. Uh, the upcoming series appears to be based on the early days of Batman with uh, art featuring outbent ears, short gloves, etc. And it's fun because Brubaker said that Batman the Animated Series was actually his key inspiration for getting into superhero comics at all. Um, and if you're really keen to, you can watch Captain America the Winter Soldier and see if you can find Brubaker's cameo. And uh, on top of like, so. what's that? I don't know what he looks like. So. <laughs> Google is your friend, Gary. This is true. I keep forgetting about technology. Uh, then we've got some minor news about Batgirl, a new film, which is uh, starring Leslie Grace, J.K. Simmons reprising his role as Commissioner Gordon, and Brendan Fraser as Firefly. Michael Keaton will also be reprising his role as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Principal photography has begun shooting in Glasgow, Scotland, with photos on the set showing effort to turn parts of the city into Gotham. And uh, so, speaking of things... Mo Sorry, Gary? I said that's in production? Yes, that's in production. It started, um, actually, uh, principal filming has already started. So... Going from things that are moving along to things that apparently are not, Phil. See, I was going to say, speaking of things that J.K. Simmons is rewriting. Oh, yeah, that too. In. See, see, oh. you know, same, same general boat. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, actually. We need to talk before this starts, you know, kind of work yeah, this stuff out. That it's not as awesome. natural that way. Um, okay, good point. Good point. This is so, more fun. My, uh, my favorite comic book adaptation of last year, Invincible, which I was super excited that a season two is on its way, or so I thought. It seems to not even be in production yet. Uh, Stephen Young uh, made a comment that they have not started producing yet. He's really looking forward to sitting down with Kirkman and getting things going, but that is not in the books yet. So if you were like myself, hoping that we were going to get this thing, I don't know, this year, I'm starting to feel like it might be a 2023 go, which is a bummer or a very, very late 2022. Oh, well, Mark, bring us out of this a little bit. I don't know if I can do that with the news that I've got here. Uh, CW has ordered a series of Gotham Knights, which is not based on the upcoming video game and also apparently not based on the comic book at all, based on the premise. Uh, the series in development will follow Bruce Wayne's rebellious son forming alliances with the children of various rogues gallery villains to solve Batman's murder and clear their reputations which is a big departure from the comic in which it followed the adventures of the extended Bat family. So I'm really not sure what to make of this, except that it sounds like somebody at CW thought Batman would cross over well with Disney's The Descendants. Why? I do not know. Oh, dear. No. 
<laughs> Speaking of video games, though, Matt, you got something for us? I do, actually. So um, I, Star Wars Eclipse um, released its trailer recently, and, and it's beautiful. It's, it's very cool. I don't know how many of you guys got the chance to see it, but it does kind of give us a little bit of pause because it doesn't give us any substance. So Star Wars Eclipse is going to be an open-world game that Lucasfilm Games is set to release in the near future. The problem is that uh, this particular trailer was far from specific about what the game would actually do. I mean, there there's some kind of like general uh, concepts that go along with it. Um, so it's leading a lot of us to sit back and assume that the release actually won't be happening anytime soon. Um, they're just kind of teasing it. So I think some speculation is that it won't even release until, say, 2023 or even 24. Uh, they did say the mid-2020, so it might not even be until 2025. And then the other thing was that um, we're going to see a reboot for the Knights of the Old Republic. So it was a game that I wasn't familiar with, but I know a lot of fans seem to really, really enjoy. It was an initial RPG game that came out um, from Aspire, I believe, was the, the company that made that one. I'm going to probably be wrong on that one, but um, but that would be it, I believe. So that's going to be coming out, too, so it would be interesting stuff. Um, and I know that we talked about it before in, in a previous episode where EA is no longer going to be in total control of Lucasfilm uh, games. So it's going to be kind of a, an open opportunity for people to uh, kind of create and do some stuff. Mark? Yeah, I, I just got to say I'm surprised to hear that uh, Eclipse is going to be open world considering it's Quantic Dream, isn't it? Which they're usually known for very limited gameplay. That's why it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure from what I could gather. And uh, basically, yeah. based on the trailer, they said, like, if you make a decision, it's going to impact both the development of your character and then the outcome of the story. So it's kind of interesting that they're providing a... Uh, Kind of a, from what I can gather, from kind of an open world feel to it. Interesting. Yep. All right. Uh, moving from that particular news to, um, hey, a video game that I enjoyed growing up, Gary. Yeah, the, the video game related. Um, the Mega Man live action movie that has been in development for years uh, finally looks to see the light of day at Netflix as the film is currently in active development for the streaming service. Uh, Henry Joost and Ariel Schumer, known for their Paranormal Activity franchise, are directing. Uh, Matson Tomlin, who co-wrote The Batman, is writing the script. And Maisie Oka, known for Heroes, is the lead producer. Uh, no further details are known about the actual film, but it is thought that the live-action Mega Man could be similar to the recent Sonic the Hedgehog movie, in that Mega Man could be presented in CGI you know, surrounding by, you know, surrounded by live action settings and supporting casts. Uh, the movie isn't filming yet, so it's likely we won't see a release until 2023 at the very earliest. The very earliest? That's not right. At the earliest? I guess that would be more proper. More better? More better. I'll shut up. Good call. Matt! <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect um so this actually came, this is news that came out a couple months ago but i don't, i hadn't reported on it yet and so uh and i'm going to talk about this show a little bit when we get to the what you're looking forward to uh and that's going to be andor so i'll talk a little bit more about what the show is going to be about but um if you're familiar with the property and for the particular storyline it's narrowed its release date so disney has been a little bit more specific about when it's coming out and it's during their fourth quarter so uh, it'll be sometime between July and September, because that's technically their fiscal fourth quarter based on the stuff that I read. Um, so we can expect that Andor series on Disney Plus eh, probably somewhere in July or August, I would, I would like to think. Um, so, yeah, good stuff to look forward to. Uh, now, that's a little bit more definitive of a date uh, of release, but something a little bit less definitive, Phil. 
Yeah, the sadness that is the constant delays of movies, mostly because of, you know, COVID and all that stuff. But the whole backup Sony verse of Spider-Man films seems to keep getting pushed um, because we're supposed to get all these like great villain films or something along those lines. So much so that Morbius, which has been announced, delayed, announced, delayed, trailer, delayed, new trailer, delayed till April 2022. So um, April's not that far away. I don't know what the whole idea behind delaying it further was, but it has been delayed. So hold on. We'll see if it's any good come April. Darren? Well... Here's something I think we all probably need to take a bit of a deep breath before I uh, before we get to it here. Because I know this is a beloved, beloved movie. And for some reason I am unable to scroll to where this uh, information is on my... There we go. Um, oh, you're scrolling. Okay. Goonies! One of my favorite movies from childhood. Heck you are around our age, this is one of everyone's favorite movies from childhood. The Goonies is on its way to Disney Plus in the form of a TV series. After a decade or more of rumors and false starts, this is official. However, while it would seem that shows like Stranger Things and Cobra Kai may have provided a compass for the direction of the show, don't expect a traditional remake or a sequel the show is currently called Our Time and was passed over once already by Fox. Here's the synopsis of what has been bouncing around. And this is what I believe was put out by Disney+, Plus, although uh, some of the stuff was gone by the time I went to go back and look it up. But anyway, here's the synopsis. Stella Cooper returns to her distressed automotive hometown to substitute teach after failing to make it in New York and carrying a heavy secret. She finds inspiration, hope, and ultimately salvation when she agrees to help three students who are pursuing their filmmaking dreams by putting on an impossibly ambitious shot-for-shot remake of their favorite movie, The Goonies. I'm kind of okay with that. So it's not going to be like a remake, and it's not going to be a sequel where they're just going to try and cram everyone together. And by the way, uh, some of the cast members, including, uh, have passed on. So that you would be missing some of the the main players. This kind of reminds me. I don't know if you guys ever saw a movie called Raiders, the greatest, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. Did you ever hear of this, Phil? I know I talked about it on the podcast before, but it was where yeah. a group of kids from Mississippi back in the eighties decided to remake a home movie version of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they just kept on going and kept on going and kept on going to the point where they did shoot, over the course of about 15 years, they managed to shoot everything but the plane scene. Um, you got to check it out, the documentary itself. It's Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. This sounds kind of like this, like it might have been in, in, inspired. I am strangely kind of excited about this. I think if you're going to do something with Goonies outside of bringing everyone back together, this feels okay to me. It feels like it will honor that which came before it. And it shouldn't upset too many people. That's kind of my take on it anyway. Uh, Phil. Yeah, so talking about pirate treasure movies and pirating, for that Good matter. Job. 
Thank you. You I heard being squeak. All right. Beautiful. Uh, that was awesome. I blew it. And of course, we stepped all over it now. So of course you did. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Speaking of pirates, I guess now that my segue got blown up, uh, pirating cost Disney over $600 million, they claim, from Black Widow alone because of all of the stuff that was going on with black widow they didn't want to give um disney plus money for it and that's what happened so i guess uh pirates spoke with their downloads so i don't know right sure because she still lost money there anyway that's a lot of money to be lost through pirating um it's one of the larger numbers that has ever been seen from this I don't know if that means Disney's going to start hunting pirates more, which becomes much harder in a world of VPNs. But I thought it was kind of a shocking amount of number. But, you know, it doesn't really matter. Disney has enough money, right, Mark? I I have more news about the Disney and their pirate booty. Sorry, I got stuck on the mode. Sorry. Um, anyway, <laughs> in uh, December... Former Disney CEO Bob Iger, who's staying on as chairman of the board, stepped down, and the board voted to instill a new chairman. Traditionally, that position goes to the current CEO, in this case, Bob Chapek. The board, however, in a surprise move, voted in 14-year-old, 14-year-old, 14-year vet board veteran. There's your new Disney Plus series right there. (laughs) Yes, Bob Chapek was snubbed for a 14-year-old girl. For a 14-year-old, for, God, I can't stop saying it, 14-year veteran of the board. <laughs> this seems to indicate a vote of no confidence of JPEG amidst falling stock prices and building anger from park guests over recent changes and massive price hikes. So we'll see where this goes in the future, but it is unusual for the chairman of Disney to not be the chairman of the board. So well, if that's the reason they're not getting them, then good for them. Anyway, Darren. 14-year-old demographic. <laughs> what do you got about 14-year-olds, Darren? I don't know. That, that's a great Disney Plus series, though. 14-year-old CEO. That is primed and ready for them. Mark, you're on to something there. Hold on to that. TM, 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 TM. It's like Files. hard knocks for the NFL. It's just... <laughs> I don't know. What All right, mean. guys, I just bought the website. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of the Disney CEO, here is another thing that has nothing to do with it. PowerCon returns. Once a Masters of the Universe-specific fan convention in Southern California, PowerCon morphed into that region's top toy exhibition slash fan convention and then became the nation's leading top toy exhibition and fan convention, featuring previews from all the top toy names and hordes of vintage goodness. With Wizard World conventions extinct... It is believed that PowerCon will be the first to return to full capacity in August of 2022 when it kicks off, not from SoCal, but from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, a bit of symmetry there as the final ever Wizard World convention was here in Cleveland. So fitting that the first true post-pandemic convention returns to Ohio. Now I know a cherubic little buddy of mine who might like to go... But Gary, my son, will probably have to come with us. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I, I, I can share. <sighs> Thanks for getting that, Matt. I, pre- I saw that. 
Yeah, because because I was the cherubic little. But okay, okay anyway. you're right, you're right. Just like the little wings and the uh, the diaper that you wear around here. Oh, I, I have pictures I, of a Halloween costume. Yeah, we have pictures of him that uh, is very accurate to that statement. My this, this was your apartment, right? Okay, yeah, I got oh, that yeah. one too. It's the uh, first one on my Facebook. Okay. Um, in other related hobby-ish type things, so we went from comic books, comic book movies and shows. We've got over to toys. Um, back in episode 151, I did a report about Fanatics uh, acquiring the trading card rights to the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. And in that report, I made a little prediction, and it looks like it came true. In a move that only myself and Captain Obvious had seen com- coming, uh, Fanatics has purchased the Topps Trading Card Company. Uh, this means two things. One, Fanatics will assume control of Topps' current Major League Baseball license and begin guiding the baseball card market almost immediately. And two, Topps will be back producing cards for the NFL and NBA in 2026. As I'm sitting here surrounded by all of my Topps football sets, this I love this. I love this. I love this. Uh, it is reported that Fanatics will keep the Topps name uh, in, in phase and is keeping the existing staff of about 350 people. According to CNBC, the deal is worth roughly $500 million. So, Tops is coming back, baby. Matt, what is something that's going away? Yeah, so this is not new news by any stretch of imagination, but it was kind of interesting because in a recent interview with Tamara Morrison, the gentleman who plays Boba Fett on uh, the book of Boba Fett, um, they we've known that Boba Fett's ship was going to change its name for quite some time now. I think, Gary, you actually shared this via text a while back, probably, I would say, back in the fall. Uh, and we've known that kind of there was a soft launch with regards to the name, but then in a recent interview, Tamara Morrison and Wen, who plays Fennec Sean on the new show, Book of Boba Fett uh, did confirm that the name of the ship will be called the Fire Spray. And instead of being uh, the, um, I would say, untimely and maybe a little bit uh, off-putting name Slave One, they're gonna, it's no longer going to be a bounty ship by any stretch. It's actually going to be uh, a gunship. So they're renaming it the Fire Spray, and that is now official. Isn't that a little weird considering isn't the canonical type of the ship a Fire Spray Assault Craft? That's exactly right. I mean, that's why they that's, didn't go too far from it. They, they were I not trying to. I, I feel like that's me saying, hey, this is my Dodge Challenger. I'm going to name it Challenger. <laughs> okay, real original, Mark. Good job. <laughs> what was it? Firefly was a Firefly class, wasn't it? Yeah, but her name was Serenity. Oh, God. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. That is a mic drop moment, Gary. Yeah. And you walked right okay. into it, foo. Yeah, hence the movie, Serenity. Okay. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right, moving on from Boba Fett's ship to uh, not Boba Fett's ship. Darren. Yeah, we're going to have to bring oh, it back down. Hold on, as we, we cannot let that go. Here. We just recently, <laughs> just recently, Gary and Mark had to say goodbye to Harry Orenstein, the man largely given credit to the creation of the Transformers. Now I bid fa- a fond farewell, and I know many join me in uh, this fond farewell with... A measurable gratitude to Mark Taylor. Taylor is credited with designing much of the look and feel of the characters and the realm of Eternia for Masters of the Universe. While these credits have been disputed for years, Taylor's work is at the forefront of everything that has emerged in terms of pre-production notes and images. One need look no further than the excellent documentary The Power of Grayskull, The Definitive History of He-Man, 
Taylor clearly produces the evidence that his work was the most significant in the development. I was a day one Kickstarter supporter for that production and enthusiastically supported its sequel, Faking Filmation. I whiled away countless hours of my childhood make-believing adventures in Eternia and have had the joy of experiencing it all again through my son with the excellent He-Man Origins line, all of which were produced from the original design. Uh, rest well, Mark, and Mark Taylor, and thank you for all of my memories and experiences to come. Oh, it's always sad to lose someone. Not always. Well, Not always if you're one of the members of this panel. Hey, real true. quick, I, I know it's not really uh, part of what we do here, but I'd like to pour one out for Betty White. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah sure. Absolutely. Sure. You know, that's a that's something here. Listen, um, she was the world's grandma, right? Yeah. And, and the, you know, I sort of bestowed, when we started this podcast, I sort of bestowed the, the title of world's grandpa to Adam West. And then when he passed away, it moved on to uh, Stan Lee. And then when he passed on, I think William Shatner was the logical next person who's now the world's grandpa. So I was actually kind of thinking, wow, who is the world's grandma now? Because she was like the perfect. And I just don't think there's anyone that could occupy that role uh, any longer. Uh, well, we'll lighten the mood then by saying that I checked and 14-year-oldceo.com is available. Oh, oh good, so you guys good. Know. All right, um, I got, I'll, I'll start the script tonight, Mark. I was going to say, I feel like we need to get on that before this goes live. Otherwise, That's... it will be purchased. Yeah, well... <laughs> Okay, but who's writing the uh, Office Fantastic Four crossover? I thought we were doing well, that. Well, that's first. Matt, so he's on that one. That's Matt? Oh, okay. Sorry, guys. If after this airs, that's, that dot com is taken, I am going to die laughing. Uh, yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> well, CEO. other than a 14-year-old CEO, there's something that we do every year here that we uh, like to do at the beginning of the year. That is talking about the things that we're looking forward to. And I guess one of those things is us writing this genius Disney Plus show that will no, never get picked up. But we go through the things, uh, the top 10 things that we actually are looking forward to that are coming this year. Um, I'm going to kick it off with my uh, 10 through 6. And all the other guys will drop theirs real quick before we cut nice and early here and then uh we'll pop back a little later this month and hit you with our top five so like i said i will begin number 10 for me is my 2022 reading challenge i haven't done this for years i set myself a goal of uh 45 books but i'm also including volumes of graphic novels to make my life a little bit easier i'll talk about that a little more later on this month Number nine are all my Kickstarter games that are going to finally get delivered. i got to remember to change some addresses there. Cool. Number eight is a yearly thing, which is new comic books. We always love jumping in, finding new comics. It's always a great thing and why we're doing this show in the first place. Number seven is something that I've been looking forward to more than anything, which is saying farewell to all of the X-Men comic books. I'm bowing out. Jonathan Hickman left. I'm done. And number six, doing retro reviews and listening to your guys' retro reviews. It is such a blast talking about old stuff. And this is one of the only places that I get the opportunity to do so. All right, Mark, what you looking forward to? 
Well, I'm going to give a quick runner-up shout to Harley Quinn Season 3 because it doesn't have a release date yet. It's probably going to be this year, but don't know, so I can't put it on. And then we're going to say other runners-up, Boy Season 3, Black Adam, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Avatar 2, just because I'm curious if they can pick up 13 years of nothing, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom because Aquaman was one of my favorites. Moving on to my actual list. Horizon Forbidden West by Guerrilla Games. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was one of the standout games for me for the PS4, so I'm very much looking forward to the sequel. Uh, also in games, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League from Rocksteady, one of my favorite developers responsible for the Arkham games. Trailers look awesome. Looking forward to it. Death on the Nile. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express was strangely one of my favorite films of 2017. I've never read an Agatha Christie novel, but I love Kenneth Branagh, and the movie was just amazing, so I'm very looking forward to the sequel. And uh, finally, uh, my number six, NECA Action Figures put out a Goliath figure from Gargoyles at the end of last year, and they have announced they're doing the entire line, so I am bouncing off the walls. Nice. Moving on to Darren. Yeah, so uh, I have an honorable mention, and this is a relatively recent one, so I didn't really know where to put it on the list. Do you guys remember the 1990s baseball movie Rookie of the Year? It yeah. was about a kid who miraculously yeah. uh, got a powerful pitching arm. Well, from the makers of Rookie of the Year comes 14-year-old CEO. <laughs> um, that is a very recent development. I, I, so I'm, I'm, that's a that's a good look one. That's it, I think the for. better reference would have been wasn't it Little Big League where the kid becomes the manager of the Minnesota Twins? Wouldn't that be it? I forgot about that. <laughs> that one. would be better. Yeah, that, that would is better. Be better. Well, thanks for ruining that for me, Matt. I, I did. We'll edit this. Edit this. Yeah, there will be no editing. Um, you know, the thing, one of the, the thing that was on my number one spot got pushed to 2023 and that's Indy five. So that's not, a, well, my number 10 is Picard season two. Uh, admittedly, I haven't even gotten a season one yet, but I just made it through season, uh, made it to season two of Star Trek discovery. So I'm getting closer. Uh, my number nine is stranger things. Season four has twice been my number one. Um, but neither time did we have a season during the year in which I had it selected. In spite of its Soprano-like release schedule, we are getting season four in 2022. Could have easily been my number one. My number eight is Superman and Lois season two. The reason it is so low? Premiered yesterday as we sit here and record this episode, which is why it falls so low. Could have easily been my number one. My number seven is Cobra Kai season four. Would have easily been my number one, but it's already out. Strike hard. Strike first. No mercy. And like you, Phil, my number six? New comics. Comics that were not in my pull file at this time last year. Superman 78, Radiant Black, Dark Knights of Steel. Regarding the matter of Oswald's body, Batman 89, Gun Honey, Human Target, and Canto. I am up for whatever comes next. Gariola? All right. Well, um, at one point I had a runner's, um, I'm sorry, a honorable mention, but uh, some things had to shift. So my honorable mention has now become my number 10. Um, number 10, the Lord of the Rings TV series, um, probably would have been higher, but I've known about this, you know, for so long. I think the, uh, the shine has worn off of it, but, uh, again, one of my favorite properties looking for some TV. Okay. Uh, speaking of TV, the kids in the hall TV season, again, one of these things we, we announced it a while ago and I was bouncing out of my chair and I think time has just worn on. And I'm honestly kind of scared what they're going to do with it. Because I remember Kids in the Hall. 
and I'm having a hard time imagining that happening now. Anyway, uh, speaking of TV series, the Battle Chasers TV series that I just mentioned. Love the source material. Um, speaking of fantastic source material, uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts movie. Uh, the reason this is on the list is because of a couple stills that uh, Mark and I were looking at back and forth. We saw an actual red Peterbilt-style Optimus Prime on set. So I think we're uh, getting closer to what we had always wanted. You, uh, you know it got pushed to 2023, right? Okay, so I have nine things on my list. Okay. and Sorry finally, to break that to you, Gary. <laughs> number six, fitting into my old pants. Um, I had an event recently that uh, forced me to purchase some new clothes. And uh, very in-my-face-ish, I found out I put on a few pounds recently. Well... That ain't going to last this year. So I am looking forward to getting into my old pants again. Attaboy, okay, that's Gary. applause worthy. Oh, thank you, thank you. All right. Um, well, there's only one of us left. So, Matt, how about you? Oh, thank you. That's a great introduction. Um, all right, so yeah, you guys went with really, really good lists, and I guess I was just going for other people's properties. So, um, but you guys have set goals for yourself. I like the reading goal. Well, one of the goals that I was thinking about doing was doing a little bit better job of jumping into comics. So this year I was taking a look at some things that are coming out. And typically limited series is probably best for me anyway. So I know that when I was growing up in the 90s that uh, some of the people I hung out with were very much into Silver Surfer. Um, people seem to think that that was a really, really good time. So they're going to be recreating Silver Surfer and it's called Rebirth. Uh, so I'm interested in checking that out. It's an honorable mention for me. Batman The Night is another limited series that I wouldn't mind checking out a little bit. And then rounding out my honorable mentions will be Stranger Things Season 4. My number 10 is going to be Ozark Season 4. That's a Netflix series with Jason Bateman. Uh, and that's been fantastic up to this point. And I know anybody who's watched it Season 3, the way that it ended was extremely uh, interesting. Not exactly expected. So I think we're going to enjoy that quite a bit. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is my number nine. And in all honesty, I'm really just kind of interested to see how they're going to make this film work. Um, I really enjoyed Black Panther, the first one that came out. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. I enjoyed a lot of the characters in it. Um, but I'm just kind of interested to see what they do with this one. So this could be a lot of fun. Number eight for me is Obi-Wan Kenobi here. So that's going to be reprising his role uh, as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm excited to see where they do that. Or how they do that, that rather. Um, wow. That's Ewan McGregor coming back, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I know. I, but when I look at my top five, I, there's a reason why I got pushed down a little bit. Number seven is keeping with the Star Wars theme here, Andor. I mentioned that in the While We Were Away segment here. Andor is going to be exciting. I'm really interested to see where that goes. Um, I believe, in all honesty, in the recent Star Wars reboots, the one film that really got me more than any other film was Rogue One. Uh, especially with the way that it ended. It was just, you know, heartbreaking and upsetting, and I'm kind of interested to see how those characters were. If I don't get to hang out with Jyn Erso anymore, that's okay, but I'm going to have to hang out with Cassie and Andor. Um, so we'll see how that works out. And then number six for me, um, there's a lot of films that are coming out that I'm really excited about, but I really want to see what Taika Waititi does again with Thor, and that's going to be Thor, Love, and Thunder. The way you said that was special. <laughs> Not good, just special. No, I thought I would have made my list if I hadn't forgotten about it. It sounded (laughs) like he, too, wants to get into Gary's pants. 
Nice. Very good. Gary is going to be love and thunder. He just wants you to give him the love and thunder. <laughs> oh, there goes our. Uh, Wait, we yep. I think we just got flagged for dull content yeah. again. Guys. Our new nicknames. But there's no point in stopping now. We're just going to curse. Would you like to be love or thunder? Which one was you? Yeah, well, well, how about how about instead, instead of answering that question, you can think about Love and Thunder, and we can revisit this a little later this month, when we also are going to talk about our top five things that we're looking forward to, and I'm going to do a retroactive review of almost all of Why the Last Man by uh, Brian K. Vaughn. So until a little later this month, enjoy your time.